Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I want you to just ask the Lord these, or maybe declare. It is asking and declaring at the same time. Say these words with me, but I want you to say them to the Lord. Let me explain. Say it again. Let me explain. Say it again. Let me explain. Now let me explain what I mean by this. We're going to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 67. I'm, I'll get us back on track on our chronological walk through the Gospels. But I need to give this to you tonight. Let's all read this. It's two verses we're going to read. Now that last word there is Selah. Let's all make a friend of that word, Selah. Okay, are you ready? Let's all read, read together. Ready? Read. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Father, thank you now for this time together. Thank you for your precious word, your promises that are in Christ Jesus, yes, and in him, amen. And we are here tonight, as the song was saying, clinging to your word. Because in your word is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ to be upon everyone that hears this message tonight. May we all grow tonight. May we all know you more. May we experience you, God. In a, in a new and refreshing way. May hope be revived and come alive. And may hope swell up in, in the hearts of your people tonight, God. We thank you that your word, God, will come to pass. It will not, will not fail us. You watch over your word to perform it. And Lord, tonight, we are here to hear it. Because Jesus said, if we hear it and we accept it, then we bear fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. And then he says, why? Then David says, why? Why we need his mercy. Why we need his blessing. Why we need his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known, where? On earth. Your salvation among all nations. In other words, what David is saying, let me explain you to the world. Let me explain. Through your mercy that comes to me, through your blessing that comes to me, through your face that shines upon me, let me be the explanation of you in the earth. Let's all say it again. Let me explain. Let me explain. You be the one. Take it personally that you are the one. You're the light of the world. You are the members of the body of Christ. You are the sons of God that the world is in travail and groaning with birth pangs looking for the revealing of those who look and act like God. That's why we have so much turmoil in the world. 
I'm talking about the world itself, the physical world with the winds and the waves and the storms and all those things. This is, this, the earth is in travail. Now, all of that for sure will be calmed when Jesus Christ comes and establishes his kingdom. When he shows us, this is how you do it, guys. When he makes all things new again. When he makes all, he writes all wrongs. Aren't you grateful for that? Every injustice will be reconciled. Amen. But while we're here on this earth as his people, we have some explaining to do to this world in the way of our God in demonstrating what our lives that are connected to him look like and why it is better. Why it's better than just living any life. A life in him and a life with him is a life that demonstrates the goodness, the character of God, the grace of God, the life of God. And here David talks about three specific things here. He says, be merciful. I like this word merciful here. It means, it's the Hebrew word hanan, H-A-N-A-N, hanan, and it means to be gracious, to show favor. Charlie was telling me today, was it today that that man came to your house, Charlie? Yeah. Yesterday? Okay, they had a TV service man come out, and they, they, they were switching them from satellite to, uh, what's it called? Uverse, yeah. I'm not here advertising for them, so I'm, okay. And he says, as the man came in the house, Charlie tells him what we know that he tells a lot of people. I'm God's favorite son. And the man said, tell him what he said. He said, I felt that when I came in the door. Just that confession and just that realization, just that assurance that Charlie walks in hmm? shows off. This man, I felt it when I walked in the door. You know, I thought about Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4 when you said that. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Yeah. Yeah. Let me explain. Be merciful to us. Be gracious to us. Show us your favor. Boy, has God done it or what? Reach to us is what David is saying. Everybody say extension. Huh? Be merciful to us. Come to us. Extend yourself to us. We can't extend to him. We could not extend to God because we were dead in our trespasses, incapable of reaching him because of our weakness and sin. But that didn't stop him from reaching us. Psalms chapter 20, verse 6 says, Now I know that the Lord saves His anointed. He will answer him from His holy heaven with the saving strength of His right hand. Well, what's His right hand? What's God's right hand? Well, we know that the right hand, at the right hand of God, sits the Son. Or as... Faith penned in her song. Seated. How did you say that? Seated. He is the seated at the right hand son. I love that. Seated at the right hand son. He's talking about Jesus. 
Look what he says here. A long time before Jesus ever showed up. The Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand, his son. And John makes it very clear to us in John chapter 1. Look at this. John chapter 1, verse 16. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What was David crying out for? He was crying out for Jesus. He's crying out for Jesus. Men found grace in the sight of God. They found mercy in the sight of God uh, through, by faith and, and, and by keeping the deeds of the law. But through Jesus, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Him. By grace you have been saved. Amen. Wow. When you work an eight-hour day and receive a fair day's pay for your time, well, that's called your wage. When you compete with an opponent and receive a trophy for your performance, that is a prize. When you receive appropriate recognition for your long service or high achievements, then that is an award. But when you're not capable of earning a wage and when you can win no prize and deserve no award, yet you receive such a gift anyway. That is God extending to you and I His unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. This news is incredible. This good news of the gospel is like no other. Now, I have friends that are concerned about this kind of thing. Friends who preach, and even many Christians, especially preachers, are worried about what they call permissiveness or a license to sin about the way the preaching of grace uh, seems to say that it's okay to do all kinds of terrible things as long as you just walk in afterward and take the free gift of God's forgiveness. Oh, contraire, that's not how it works. While you may be worried at times about this possibility, Jesus is never worried about it. Right. Apparently he wasn't. Right. He was not worried about the abundance of grace that he would bring to us. No. He wasn't afraid of giving, think about this, the prodigal son. He takes us over to this story. He's not afraid to give this prodigal son a kiss instead of a lecture. A party instead of probation. Hmm? And he proved that by bringing the older brother into the scene. And the older brother, I find myself identifying with him. I don't know about you. Right? I'm thinking, well, come on, Dad. Can't you see what's going on here? This guy's been with you the entire time. He's got some issues with this. And pretty much raises the same objections that we probably would. Dad, you're, low, you're lowering your standards yeah. and ignoring virtue with this music and this feast and this party and the, the robe, your best robe and your ring you put on his finger and the shoes you put on his feet. Just so many permissions after all he's done. And then Jesus says, the Father basically says, cut that out. Son, we're, this is not good and bad. Your brother was dead. 
but now he's alive. Now come on to the party. This is not about keeping the rules. The name of the game from now on is resurrection, not bookkeeping. God is gracious. God is favorable toward us. God, let me explain that to the world. Let me explain your abundant grace. Let me explain your favor. Let them see it. And then he says in Psalms chapter 67, be merciful to us and bless us. So not only do we need him to extend to us everything that came through his son, Jesus Christ, we also need him to bless us, which means we need him to expand us. We need him to expand our lives, expand us. Show up in our lives where it's obvious we could not make this happen ourselves. Hmm? The blessing of the Lord on your life expands your life. It is God infusing his nature and his power and his resources, his benefits right into our lives. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Maybe you know this verse of scripture. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That's a beautiful thing. Because you know what? You can get rich in this world, but many times there's sorrow added to it. Because many that, do, are, that are made rich or do become rich do that in some pretty mean ways. Hmm? Stepping on top of others to get to where they need to be. Cutting corners. I'm not saying everybody does. I'm just saying there are a lot that do. And with that comes much sorrow comes regret, comes isolation. As they say, it's lonely at the top. Well, for good reason, because you lost all your friends on the way there. Decided to be a jackass all the way up there. But the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, that's a lot better deal, isn't it? That's a lot better deal. When he makes you rich, there's no reason to be sorry about it because you're not the one who made it happen. He made you rich. Hey, listen to me. Don't ever wince at the blessing of God on your life, at prospering and having good things come in your life. Remember, you're explaining something to this world. You're explaining them to them something about your God who is far above what you could ask or think. Hmm? Amen. You know, it's amazing how sometimes we have to, we feel like we have to explain away the blessing. Somebody says, oh, wow, nice car. Yeah, but we got a really good deal on it. Just say thank you. Like we have to explain it away. Huh? No. Say, it's God. The Lord has done this, and marvelous are His works. Amen. Can you receive that tonight? Let's go to 1 Chronicles 4.10 for a moment. This little verse in the Bible that became a real popular book some years ago. And Jabez called on the Lord, on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. The reason he said so that I may not cause pain is because that's what his name means. His mom named him that. He's like, Lord, I don't want to live up to that name. <laughs> I want you to bless me. Bless me indeed. And you know what? 
The Lord did it. The Lord blessed him abundantly. It's amazing. And, and Jabez truly, he expanded. And it was obvious to everyone else that the blessing, was on the, the blessing of the Lord was upon the one whose name means to cause pain. Heather and I went to uh, Papua New Guinea in 2005. Can you believe that's been 2005? And we, took, we were youth pastors at the time. We took two youths with us, <laughs> a boy and a girl. And, I mean, we, they took us way out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, nowhere, nowhere. You think you've been out in nowhere here in the United States. Try being in a place where, where people are still, the women are still topless, right? And they're still living in these, they're living in these thatch huts and they're having a fire every day because that's their source of heat. That's their source of cooking things. No electricity, no running water, nothing like that. There's a creek that we bathed in every day. I mean, this is very, very, very primitive. But I mean, well, let me, let me, let me say this. They did put clothes on for us, so we were thanking God for that. Um, they, they heard Americans were coming, and so the ladies were kind enough to, most, most of them, yeah, you're right, it wasn't all of them, most of them did. So anyway, so they drop us off out in the middle of this, this province called Mawan Village, Mawan Village, and, and, uh, and we're out, I mean, out in the rough, out in the, the bush, and so we... we had plans to build a church there. So our church had raised money, actually, and helped partner with some other churches to, uh, with this organization that did these prefab uh, cuts for, for buildings, and you just basically bring it out there and assemble it. Simple, right? Well, it wasn't that simple in our case because um, one of the, or the only, main road that came in had been washed out by a recent flood. So some of, the ply, some of the supplies didn't get to us, and so we were only able to take the building so far. But what was interesting was the cut of the building was not normal like the other ones. And I don't know how the mistake was made because they've done hundreds of these things, except this building was cut larger than the other ones. And as we're measuring things, something's not right here. Now, we're using these hand saws and hand tools to to cut wood, but we found out real quick that the wood they had there, they actually called it iron wood because it really was like trying to cut iron. It's the hardest thing I've ever, I mean, the, the saw blade just would not cut through that wood. And so eventually we brought a generator in and a skill saw and we we're able to barely get that done. The skill saw even had trouble with it. But as we're building this thing, we find out that the building is bigger than the other ones by 620 square feet. Well, that's not bad. That's the size of our kids' church, basically. And we can seat like 50 to 60 kids in there. That's, that's quite a few more people in a small area village like that. You can get quite a few more. And um, so something kept sticking in my head, though, when we found out that it was 620 square feet larger, 620. I said, okay, Lord, why does this number keep rolling around? I know you're saying something to me. Tell me, 620. So I always just think, go to the scripture. Imagine that. Especially with numbers, things I don't understand, because I'm, I'm not like these prophets who know exactly what they're talking about. I have to go here <laughs> and work from there. And, and, 
And the first scripture that came to my mind was Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20. And so I went to Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20. And this is what it said. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout. The wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And when, I mean, that went off like fireworks on the inside of me. And so I, I began to share with the people, and we had to have this interpreter, you know, uh, speak their language. And I was telling them, I said, the Lord directed me to the scripture, 620 square feet in chapter 6, verse 20. I said, the Lord is wanting to get a message to you as the church that you're here to take the entire village. And that's why there's more room here. This is not just, this is not an insignificant thing. This is not a meaningless thing. God has ordered this. Oh man, they just, they began to cheer. Remember that, honey? They began to cheer and cheer and praise God for it. And then the pastor of that church, they had a name, original name, and upon hearing that message, changed the name of the church to Mawan Miracle Church. And I bet they're seeing miracles today. God's blessing on you expands you. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. The blessing of the Lord puts your life in overflow. Amen. Don't ever forget the blessing of Abraham is upon you. You know, not only does it expand you, not only does it expand your life, I'm not just in, in the, the material things, but my family, that blessing that was on Abraham kept on going to Isaac, to Jacob. Generation after generation. Ooh, what a blessing this is. Oh, Lord, let me explain your goodness, your favor. Let me explain your blessing. Let my life be an explanation. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You see why you need to expand? Hmm? Because God's plan is for the entire world to come to salvation. He expands your life. He expands your life here on the earth, but then he does this extra expansion, expands your existence with eternal life. Lastly, verse 1 again of Psalm 67. Everybody say, uh, what did I say? Extension? Expansion. God be merciful to us and cause his face to shine up on us. I like that one expression. Cause his face to shine upon. What does that mean, God causing his face to shine on you? I want you to turn to somebody right now, look them right, I mean, dead in the eye as awkwardly as possible. I mean, dead in the lock in on them and smile. You're, automatic, you're already smiling anyway because it's already kind of, mm. well, hello, I didn't expect to do this tonight. And smile. Now, this is, this is amazing to me what that right there just did in this room. Giggles and laughs and little conversations here. All you did was turn to each other and smile. Isn't that something, what that can do, just in the attitude overall? And it says, God caused your face to shine upon him. Psalm chapter um, 34, 34, I didn't give this to you, so I'm just going to quote it as best I can. It starts off saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Nope, that's Psalm 103. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my 
mouth, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And then he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I like this next verse. They looked unto him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. They looked unto him and were radiant. Why were they radiant? Because he was radiant to them. Let your face shine on us. God, let me explain what this means to the world. Your countenance, your face shining on us. That happened when you became a man. The announcement of peace to the world at the birth of Jesus already showed us before he ever bled one drop of blood, before he ever endured one stripe on his back, before he breathed his last and died for our sins, my family, God already proved that he was on our side. In the moment, God became a man. When that baby cried in that Bethlehem night, that's when we knew. That's when things had changed. God is on our side. Because we could not be like him. Because we could not. God said, okay, then I'll become like you so that you can become like me. God's smiling down upon us. Bring up Job's scripture for just a moment. I'm almost through. Is this encouraging or not? Job says, if I say I will forget my complaint, I will put off my sad face and wear a smile. Imagine that. If you just stop complaining, you'll probably... Smile more. <laughs> Amen. That's some good common sense. Let's bring up that next one from the Amplified Version. I smiled at them when they did not believe, and they did not diminish the light of my face. In other words, he said, I'm not letting anything or anybody take this smile off my face. Why? Because I'm reflecting him shining on me. David said a few times in the Psalms, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted? In other words, why are you shut down within me? Hope in God. I will yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. What does a healthy countenance look like? That's what a healthy countenance looks like. God's the one who puts the smile on my face. So why are you cast down? How come you're letting these circumstances bring you down? Huh? God is the one. Who puts that smile on your face? You've got something better than happiness. You've got the joy of the Lord. You've got the joy of the Holy Spirit that is bubbling up inside of you. Amen. And it's a very present joy, always an ever-present joy. Make your face reflect the joy that's inside you. Amen. Because happiness comes. Well, I love happiness. I think it's great. But happiness happens by happenstance. But joy is an everlasting thing. That's why Jesus told his disciples, he said, ah, they came back, Jesus, even the demons were coming out. We were casting demons out in your name. Jesus yeah. said, don't rejoice over that. It ain't a big deal. Because here's the thing, he said, what you need to rejoice in is that your names are written in heaven. Set your joy on the permanent thing. Set your joy on the everlasting thing because you're not going to be casting devils out every day. And when you're not, what are you going to do, get depressed? If things aren't going right, Huh? You're going to get depressed? No, no, no. You set your joy on the permanent thing. And you'll have joy every day of your life. I love this. 
Hmm, praise God. Expression. And then I love that he says, Selah. You know what that means? Selah, it means pause and think about that. Pause and think about that. God is pleased with you. God is shining down upon you because he loves you. So we have some explaining to do to this world about our God. There's a lot of things said about him that just aren't true. And we need to be those ones who are explaining him in the right way. By showing that he is good to us. He is gracious to us. His favor is upon us. He is blessing us. And he is smiling down upon us. That, why? That his way may be known in the earth. His way. Not people's perception of his way. But his way may be known. And his salvation among all nations. Father, thank you. Thank you for this word tonight. Thank you, Lord. And we pray tonight. Let us explain. Let us explain. In our lives, in our marriages. In our families. In our bodies, in our finances, in our work. May everything that we put our hand to, Lord, prosper. Demonstrate your grace and favor on us. Demonstrate your blessing on us. Demonstrate, Lord, your goodwill toward us so that we can reflect that to this world. So that, God, your way truly may be known. That you are not... You are not a God who's angry at man. You are a God who has forgiven us of all of our sins. And that where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. You are the God who was in Christ, reconciling the world to yourself. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your blessing upon all these here tonight. That peace and grace would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the Lord bless you. And keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.